know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And uh, what matters to me? Well, uh, this is a bit sad for me to say, but uh, it does matter to me. And certainly it's something that I want to spend a little time talking about is I, I lost one of my best friends, probably with, in my mind, no doubt, uh, one of the greatest football players I ever played with in my life. Um, young man came out of Southern Methodist University, that's SMU, young man by the name of Wes Hopkins. Wes passed away at the age of 57, uh, way, way, way too early as far as I'm concerned. Uh, had some struggles at the end of his life, his health uh, was deteriorating. Um, just a number of things, things that, that you hear about those folks who talk about uh, since people have passed and they've assessed their their conditions and their brains uh, and found out that they had uh, CTE. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that when they do, and they will test Wes's brain, uh, because I had a conversation with him that sticks out in my mind that just, you know, it, it left me to the point where I was wondering, is, is this Wes really? is? And, uh, and I got, had another conversation with a young man who is a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, has a part of a, he has a website out there that supports the Philadelphia Eagles. He called me one day and said he spoke to Wes and he thought that Wes needed some help. And so Wes was obviously struggling with some things uh, at the end of his life. I certainly uh, contacted the Players Association. They tried to assist him in certain ways, but, but I think we're going to, it's going to be revealed uh, that Wes uh, was one of those gentlemen who, who suffered from uh, CTE as well. Uh, interesting enough, I think there's a product out there called Impact. It's a new, it's a new company. It's been around for a few years. I think the, it's owned by, he's certainly the CEO, Sean Springs, who has done some research on helmets. And during his research, Sean has actually uh, revealed some information they found is that the concern should be on the person that's delivering the blow just as much, if not more, than the person that's receiving the blow. And there's no doubt in my mind that there was very few people. Of course, shout out to Ronnie Lott, um, still with us, doing great things in business out in the California area. But very few people other than Ronnie Lott, Kenny Easley, Jack Tatum, Todd Bell, Dennis Smith. Uh, th those are kind of names you think about when you think about Wes Hopkins and delivering a blow. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind if I had a, a, a relative that played ball when Wes did, oh, my God, I'd do him like my wife did me. <laughs> you know, this is a story again I'm opening up because it means so much to me to share this with everybody on the air. Uh, I remember when Wes first joined the Philadelphia Eagles in 1983. He was a second-round draft pick. He was a walk-on at SMU. He was drafted, ended up being drafted in the second round by the Philadelphia Eagles in 1983. I was already on the team. Wes played strong safety. At SMU, we bought him to the Philadelphia Eagles. We moved him to free safety. I remember going home telling my wife during training camp, honey, when we play this preseason game, which is our first preseason game was going to be away, I want you to watch Wes Hopkins. I never in my life ever went home and told my wife to watch any other ball player. Who does that? Well, let me just tell you something. You know, that's just pure respect. And, and I want her to understand my assessment of talent when I see talent. Never seen anything like Wes before. Sure enough, after that preseason game, I get home. <laughs> my wife tells me, Ray, please do me a favor and stay out of his way. Stay away from him. <laughs> like, he's on my team. She said, yeah, but, you know, there's a chance that he might accidentally hit you. Which, lo and behold, when you later on in my career that's how my career ended up injured I mean ending because I was hit by one of my own people who you know delivered a blow to my head that put me out shout out Felix Wright um but I mean that, that was her first impression my first impression is this man is bringing it and her first impression was you know she wanted her boo to stay away from him to make sure he didn't get hit but uh hop man you up there in heaven but we're gonna celebrate your home going sometime real soon. Shout out to Harvey Armstrong, who's doing an outstanding job of being there for Hop 
as we were all scattered all over the country and the world, Harvey was there. Uh, Harvey is going to uh, continue to reach out to everybody and let everybody know what's going on. I hope to see a lot of fellows there. I hate that it has to be for that occasion, but again, it, it's going to be a celebration because Hop gave many a people things. I mean, you got more than your money's worth for your entertainment value when you came to see a game to see him play. And so I think I got my man uh, Willie on with me now. Willie, are you there? I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. Again, man, I just um, want to apologize to you because I spent a lot of time there. and I'm sure you were there waiting for me. But uh, again, the game of football today is is different and changed because of Wes Hopkins. When, when they right. did the, the evaluation of how healthy the game was and what they had to eliminate from the game. <clears throat> Some of those highlights were hits that were delivered by Wes Hopkins. And they were saying, as an example, this is something that we cannot have take place in the National Football League any longer. If indeed we want to assure ourselves of having men having some health, at least better health than they've had in the past. You know, we need to eliminate hits like this man here is delivering. Although, that's how the game was marketed. That's how I got paid. That's how Hop got paid. That's how we got paid. So, Willie, what, what, you know, when you think about it, uh, it was the right thing to do to change the game. But at the same time, did you enjoy, as you were coming up as a kid, did you enjoy the big hits? Yeah. Uh, but I want to start by saying, number one, Ray, you don't have to apologize. This is life. You know, this is, uh, you know, one of your best friends uh, went home. And uh, that's definitely the one to extend my prayers and condolences to the Hopkins family as well. You know, as a Cowboy fan, you saw number 48 in green coming across the middle. You know, it was, it was it was just a matter of time. It was just lights out. So, uh, definitely a, a great player. And, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm a little uh, younger than, than yourself and, 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 and Mr. Hopkins. But, you know, growing up, you know, it was, uh, it was marketed that way. You know, NFL's greatest hits. You know, the VHS, you – you order Sports Illustrated, you pay subscription, you would get the VHS tape, NFL's greatest hits. And, you know, you would have Wes Hopkins and, and Jack Tatum and, and those type hits. Then uh, growing on in, in, in the high school and the college, it was uh, on ESPN, Monday Night Countdown. You know, everybody waited because you knew, you know, games started at 9 o'clock, you knew about 8.45, 8.50, it was going to be jacked up. And that was the plays, the hits of the week from Sunday. That's right. That Chris Carter, Tom Jackson, everybody, they showed the hit, and everybody got real hyped. And at the end, it was everybody screamed in unison, jacked up. That's that's what was marketed as, you know, the, the calling card for the NFL. But as you said, times do change. Things have changed. And, and has, uh, as, uh, as information is, is being... I uh, found out about CTE and head injuries. You mentioned Charles Springs, uh, former Buckeye. Uh, Sean and I actually were in school at the same time, and and we're, our great friends actually had conversations with Sean about impact and and the helmet and, and the Kevlar and the things that he's doing now uh, for protection. So, um, you know, this in, in the world we live in today, you know, the times have changed, and it's definitely more of a of a, a, a educational factor and prevention going on at this time. Uh, yeah, and I'm uh, I'm glad you acknowledged uh, the fact that that you recall uh, because I, I'm I'm sure I'm not the only person out there um, that recalls that show at Tom Jackson and and Tom they did promote it on ESPN and the NFL certainly welcomed that. Uh, there are there are people who that was just as much entertainment. I know when I negotiated my contract with my agent, uh, that's what I talked about. You know, I, I talked about the fact that. Um, you know, when they drafted me, they told me they liked the way I hit, <laughs> you know. So, you know, this is what they were. When I went to Cleveland, you know, I recall sitting in a meeting and Coach O, Coach Olivadotti telling me, Ray, you don't have to worry about coverage. We pay, a handful of many will do that. We pay you to hit. That's what he told me. So, I mean, that, that, that's what, you know, intimidation was a part of, of the game. And, and everybody always remembers, certainly my generation, we always talk about hearing footsteps. And that, and that simply meant that there was somebody coming in your direction who's going to lay some wood on you. So if you heard those footsteps, chances are you would lose your concentration. And, and that's all it takes is just a fraction of a second to lose concentration and catching the ball. And that helps. You know, sometimes you could be, you know, the defender could be a step away 
And a step away in the National Football League, the person's wide open. And, and, and those people could be a step away, lose their concentration, and, and drop the ball. So you wanted to put that hit on them early as you could in the game to let them know, yeah, you know, the propaganda you've been hearing is true. We're we, we going to show you it's true. So get that hit in early, set that intimidation factor in to play, and it'll, it'll make a play for you down the road. But uh, certainly it's something that they've taken away from the game now. And uh, I certainly still enjoy the game. I'm not going to be one of those people who is going to say that the game is getting soft. Nah, I'm not going to say that because you can still play football, be aggressive, but you don't have to have the collisions. You can, you can t- it's tackle football. Tackle simply means you you wrap them up. If the Kansas City Chiefs, we're going to talk about a little bit earlier, uh, a little <laughs> bit later, Willie. If the Kansas City Chiefs did a better job of wrapping people up and tackling them, you know, the game may not have been as tight for them. But but they still, you know, got it done. But uh, that was, the, you know, tackling is something, again, and there's too many people that I know. And, I, and, and, and again, everybody's going to come up the same way. I know it's going to be there. I think it was already there with Andre. Uh, Dave, I'm not sure if it's come back on him yet. Todd, I'm, I think Todd might have been a little bit too. He passed away before they started doing the test. So postmortem, I don't know if they could, you know, check him out. But for the safeties, I, I, I don't, I don't question it. You know, I'm sure there's going to be some issues, and uh, I just hope and pray that I, you know, I can stay here and enjoy life for as long as I can and continue to advocate for, you know, everybody else out there that has, you know, gone on and those still fighting and struggling to make sure that uh, that things are taken care of in the right manner for players as they these uh, things such as CT is revealed in the diagnosis if they happen to pass away. Listen, uh, boy, uh, uh, that segment went real fast, Willie. I'm sorry about that, but we're going to take a break, everybody. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. We'll be right back after this break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America. Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like a matters. And what matters to me is my good, dear friend, Wes Hopkins, former strong safety for the Philadelphia Eagles, um, also attended uh, SMU University, Southern Methodist University, has passed away at the early age of 57, way too early. 
Uh, no doubt in my mind, as I said earlier, if Wes Hopkins does, and Wes, but I didn't say this, but I want to share this with everybody. In my mind, if Wes Hopkins does not get a knee injury, and Buddy Ryan is smart enough to keep Wes Hopkins at free safety anytime he has a free safety on the field, Wes Hopkins is a Hall of Famer. If you speak to those of us who played the game, Ronnie Lodd, Kenny Easley, Dennis Smith, they still here with us. Talk to them brothers and tell and ask them what do they think about the play of Wes Hopkins. And that, that's all I, I want to say is uh, certainly, uh, man, I know I, I never played with a safety better than him. So, uh, but what I want to do is I, I want to kind of segue that onto, you know, the way Wes, you know, his life evolved is he actually had to be a walk-on. For whatever reason, I do not know. I, growing up in Alabama, went to SMU, walked on at SMU. And uh, I think in one game, Wes might have had three or four interceptions. But certainly he was worthy of the second-round pick. He should have been a first-round pick, to be quite honest. He sh- there's no doubt in my mind he should have been a first-round draft pick. But he was a second-round draft pick, came to the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and I certainly welcomed him. Uh, he and I started in the same year, 1983. was the first year that I started. Uh, he started as a rookie. I, I was started. It was my third year. And uh, he started at the beginning of the season. I think I came in the latter part of the season after we played the uh, Chicago Bears. And uh, and then he and I were uh, a match that I didn't think should ever have been broken up. Uh, but uh, Buddy Ryan decided something different. But God rest your soul. Hop, I'll see you when I get there, bro. I know you're up there in heaven and uh, we're going to have a party for you. But let, let's talk about, as I said, his his college career started at SMU. So let's talk about college football. And I want to talk about the game with the Ohio State Buckeyes because I got uh, my man Willie Gibson, who uh, who I'm sure um, paid great detail to watching the game, observing the game, and couldn't wait to talk about it when the show came on today. So, so well, let, let's talk about the, the game a little bit. Uh, as you said, we had talked about it earlier in the year when I when we, uh, uh, I think we were playing against um, uh, one of the Texas teams, TCU, and uh, TCU, right? And I and I was concerned about TCU early in because again, sometimes when you got a game on the schedule, a few games ahead. You might start looking at that game, just as I told you, anybody who's out of conference that ever plays Ohio State or the other big schools, you know, they always try to find a way to get a little extra work in during games before that to prepare for that one big game. So I thought we might have been trying to get a couple plays in about, you know, uh, during the TCU week, you know, ahead of Penn State. Didn't want us to do that. But certainly uh, the game was worth the wait. I enjoyed it, and, and so let's talk a little bit about the game. As it as it kind of, you know, evolved. How were you feeling? Were you comfortable? A little nervous? A little uncomfortable? Talk about it. Um, not uncomfortable, not nervous, but I just knew. I mean, like you said, we talked about this earlier in, in the year, and you know, conversations I've had here in Columbus uh, leading up to the game. I'm like, Penn State, you know, is not the pushover that TCU or Oregon State or Tulane was, I knew Penn State was going to bring the wood. I mean, you're going number nine team in the country at night on the road, wide out. I mean, and all that being said, James Franklin, I don't believe is the credit he deserves. I think uh, James Franklin is one of the premier head coaches in college football right now, and his product is showing forth. I mean, he... I mean, he has Penn State in the mix year in and year out, and they've overcome some things uh, from previous regimes and uh, sanctions and what have you. He came in there, cleaned it up, and now has put Penn State squarely back on the forefront of the college football landscape. And just knowing the the program that he runs and and knowing um, what it takes and what – Ohio State brings out of teams. I mean, you got Ohio State coming in, you get the best shot. You get everybody's best shot week in and week out. And Penn State in the in the Big Ten uh, East, you know, it's Ohio State and Penn State every year. I mean, it's, it was a one-point win last year for the Buckeyes. I think it was a 19-point deficit in the fourth quarter. JT Barrett uh, brought the Buckeyes back. And uh, Penn State knew that. They remembered that. So you got, you got Ohio State coming into your house at night, Game day is there. College game day. Herbie is there. So wide out. They're going to take their best shot. And then they did. But Ohio State had enough to withstand that shot and, and to bring forth and uh, and leave out of there with W. 
Well, I, I certainly agree with you. Um, you know, the other teams of which we played certainly didn't. Uh, they they might have done the best they possibly could. They were not in, in the same category as Penn State. But if there were any of those teams that we played, I thought TCU. And, T, I mean, TCU did give us a little challenge there for a while. You know, we we made a couple play, uh, player two on special teams that, that kind of helped us. But uh, certainly it, it was a little, you know, a little tight there for a minute. I will say this about Coach. Um I think Coach does a good job of giving you a competitive game. He, he's no, certainly nobody to overlook or take his teams for granted. Uh, but, he's, but he has yet to get that, I, I don't know, maybe he's gotten that signature win as far as you're concerned, but maybe you can help me remember. What is that signature? Which win for you would he say is the signature win? I think he certainly bought their program back to certainly respectable. And no doubt about it, you don't go into Penn State or Penn State doesn't come to your place and you take them for granted. You're spending some extra time getting ready for Penn State. But which win is his signature win for you thus far, Willie? I think it's when they beat Ohio State two years ago. Yeah, you, I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry, I just took this. I'm looking at my note right here. You exa- I say that's probably what Will, Will, Willie's going to say. Go right ahead. Yeah, yeah, because if you go back, he was on the hot seat. James Franklin was – they were looking for a reason to get him out of there. And the Ohio State came in there at night, another whiteout game. And, um, what, the third largest stadium in America, uh, Beaver Stadium, which I don't understand how you're the Nittany Lions, but your field is called Beaver Stadium, but I'll leave that alone. But you, James Franklin was on a hot seat. Had, had he not beat Ohio State that night, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about James Franklin as, as the head coach of, uh, Penn State right now. So uh, that was the signature win. If you remember, that that win, then they ran the table, played in the Rose Bowl, beat USC in the Rose Bowl, I believe, that year. And, uh, you know, here, here he is. He That pretty much put him... Put him uh, on his way, and so those those are those are the two wins, and we're gonna look. We're gonna look at the bowl victory, and we're gonna look at the Ohio State win, uh, which um, came right down to the wire, if I recall that Penn State game at Ohio State. They did they didn't blow us out. Uh, no, that, that came right down to the, that, that's right, came right down to the wire. So uh, I, I certainly think he's competitive in 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 the in the division. Uh, I certainly think on a national scale because he's in the Big Ten, he's playing Ohio State. You know. Um, and I'm trying to think, um, how's he done with Michigan? Has he played? How many times has he played Michigan? Yeah, they played Michigan, and they—I uh, believe they were one and one because Michigan. I believe. Let me check that real quick. Let me check that while we are on here. I know he's—he has played Michigan. Yeah, and I and I do recall. Uh, I think. Uh, hmm. Uh, I don't know if Michigan won that game, but certainly he he has at least in my mind uh, because you know there's an East, there's a West, and you know there's not just one Big Ten like it used to be. One Big Ten, as a matter of fact, I think there's twelve teams or thirteen teams in the Big Ten now. Anyway, but regardless of that, uh, I think he's moving up. That if Ohio State is dominating the Big Ten, you know, in terms of respectability, he may have gained more respect for that program than Michigan has, because I think Michigan's on the decrease now, you know, so when you're looking at in terms of looking at the Big Ten and and teams of which when you're going to go in, you're going to challenge who you're going to play against, who you're concerned about, it might be Ohio State, Penn State, then Michigan somewhere, you know, but it's not it's not Ohio State, Michigan like it used to be. It used to be Ohio State, Michigan is, you know, the big two and the rest, the little eight, you know, uh, mm-hmm. But I, but I think now that he he's gained some respectability. I, you know, the signature win obviously was against us. Then going on to to Rose Bowl and, and playing SC. But um, it, it's still like there's something missing. You know, it could be that it's you know um, a little bit of the minutiae that's still hanging around from what happened to the program. You know that 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 could be it. You know, but um, I think the program is certainly one that's respectable. And when other teams are playing them, um, you know, Penn State has never been one that's been real flashy either. I'm gonna say that too. You know, they, you know, think about you know who is uh, you know you know the wide receivers have always been prima donnas. You know, who's the, the wide receiver that Penn State has sent to the league? You know, uh, well of course we know Barkley's up in the, in in with the with the Giants now showing out. And, and making their program look good, but they haven't had those type of players. You know, it's almost like I think somebody was telling, asking me a question the other day about Duke's basketball program. You know, 
and uh, you know, you know, he had some comments to, to say that uh, about Duke. I believe Duke Grant Hill came out of did Grant come out of Duke. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it was Duke's program that we were talking about. But uh, again, I, you know, Penn State, it's uh, starting to do a good job up there. The kids get a great education. You know, they play good football up there. But you know, and when it comes to the next level, producing players for that next level. You know, we could look at Ohio State. You could say, if you need a DB, you, you might want to go to Ohio State. You know, you need a wideout, you might want to go to Ohio State. <laughs> you know, you need, a, you need a linebacker, you might want to go to Ohio State. You need an offensive lineman, you might want to go to Ohio State. Looking for him. You know, I'm, you know, Penn State used to be linebacker U back, way back in the day. They used to call it linebacker U. I don't know what they call it now, but uh, I'm glad we got the victory. I, I got respect for the program. We didn't go in there and take it lightly. You said it was going to be a tough game. It was a tough game. Uh, I think coach is still working to gain his respect, but he, but he certainly on game day he's got it. He's bringing his players going to be ready, as she says. Uh, they're going to be ready. They ready, yeah, <laughs> they ready. So, uh, so okay, so we can move on from that uh, Penn State. Uh, I know you were trying to find uh, one statistic there, Willie, about the Michigan game, but uh, we can move on from that. Um, okay, that's. Um, of course, I mean, I just couldn't wait, you know, and I, I, you know, I saw Patrick Mahone play, and I just couldn't wait to start raving about that young man and, and just his, his ability. It kind of reminds me when I watch the Ohio State game and then I, I, I see, you know, Patrick play the game and I look at our two quarterbacks. I don't care what anybody says. It's my personal opinion. It's, I've had this opinion for a long time. I, don't, I believe Every position that you play in football, you have to be a complete athlete. There has to be, you can't be no glitch in your armor anywhere. You, you got to be able to do all, everything. And I don't know why people want to talk about the quarterbacks, you know, and they're, mo- you know, being mobile and being athletic and all that. No, that's all a part of your makeup of who you are. If you need to escape and you need to run from a lineman, you need to be able to do that. If you can't do that, you can't play. Defensive linemen are way too big and way too fast now and linebackers too fast for the quarterback not to have some ability to get away from them to extend the play. That's what you're seeing in Patrick Mahomes. That's what I worry about, about Haskins, you know, as he, you know, because a couple years from now, they're going to call his number. They're going to be looking at this fella. No doubt about it. They're going to be looking at this fella. And he needs to have some accuracy when he's on the move or he's under pressure. And I thought he compromised a little bit. And then it kind of revealed itself when I saw Mahone, Patrick Mahone, at the next level, but able to do that. Get out of the pocket, on the move, one way or the other, create a play, make it happen, deliver the ball on time, in reach for his players to catch the ball. And uh, so I was really impressed by Patrick Mahone, but it kind of remind, made me think about our quarterback at Ohio State. What did you think about Patrick's play? Did you, did you see the game, Willie? I did see the game. Uh, just to go back to James Franklin, he's 1-3 versus Michigan. Okay. So he's one and three versus Michigan, um, but Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he. Hey, he well, had I, it. Let, let, let's do this. We're, we're gonna uh, yeah. put a pen right there. Come back, talk yeah. about Patrick on the other side of the break because we have to take it, and then we'll be back. So you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll take a break and come right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, 
Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music of the show. You listen to Rayola Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me, Wes Hopkins, God bless you, man. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your example. Thank you for being the great person that you were, and we're going to miss you, brother. All right, Willie, let's get right back to it, man. We were talking a little bit about quarterbacks, and we were talking about the young man who has just stolen the show. He got his shot. Yeah. And he's, you know, hey, he's taking advantage of it, man. You know, and so uh, you get one shot. Patrick got his, and uh, he, he showed up and showed out, man. So uh, what, what, what do you think about this young man as a quarterback and, and, and the way he's able to lead his team? And uh, the improv, man, he just, you know, out of nowhere, he's, he's making a, probably, to, from my perspective, the best play of the year was, of course, his scramble to his left and him throwing the ball with his left hand. But uh, let, let me uh, hear your perspective on his performance. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, you look at his numbers at the – the quarter mark of the season. I mean, what, 65% of his pass, uh, 65% completion rate, 1,200 yards, 14 touchdowns, no interceptions. That's almost unheard of in the NFL, at least, you know, at, at this point of the season. I think, that's a rec- I think that's a record, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the talent was there. I mean, you go back to the, the, the combine, him coming out. Uh, going through the draft process, talked about his arm strength, his his accuracy. I mean, he threw the ball 75, 80 yards in the air at Texas Tech. And so you knew the talent was there, and, and what a uh, perfect perfect situation for him uh, going to Andy Greed and Kansas City quarterback guru, uh, John Dorsey, now the uh, GM of the Browns, uh, traded up to draft Patrick Mahomes last year. And uh, he had an opportunity to sit. He sat behind um, Alex Smith. Alex Smith last year, yeah, and he learned. And I think that's that was a a, a phenomenal uh, experience for him to sit back, a lot of game uh, to slow down, to watch. And so now he's coming in like this year. I mean, he played the last game of last year in Denver, and then now coming in and setting the league on fire. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I, I think, uh, you know, Andy Reid was a, a true blessing for him. Uh, Andy has helped uh, develop quarterbacks uh, throughout the end of his NFL career. He's done a great job. And, and I think what surprised some people, although they won't say it, is the fact that Andy was willing to get rid of Alex Smith. The fact that, he, first of all, he drafted a quarterback in the first round, had to make, and it did, everybody talked about it last year, how it made Alex uncomfortable. You know, that, that's one thing about it. Uh, I recall my days, you know, if you're in, if you get, you got 12 picks in the draft back in the day, now they got uh, six. You know, one thing that you don't want to do if you're on a team is you don't want somebody drafting somebody at your position. Uh, I right. believe, I believe uh, a couple years ago, everybody was uh, concerned about Ben Roethlisberger because Ben thought that they, there was a pick that they chose a quarterback and Ben thought, hey, you guys could use that quarterback to get, I mean, that pick to get somebody else that can help the team. Right, because I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, I'm here. I, I got this. You right. know, and so you know, Alex knew something that we didn't know, and and Andy knew something that we didn't know. Andy obviously knew that. Yeah, everybody respects Alex Smith, and Alex is a good quarterback. But this young man here is something and somebody that's special, and and I know how to 
reveal that, to bring that out so all of you to make it so that all of you can see this special talent that this young man is. And so I, I want to give Andy Reid credit that uh, I think some people give it to him to a certain degree, but um, Andy understands the fact that it all starts with that quarterback. And you can't just have a good quarterback. You have to have an exceptional quarterback. And this man is an intelligent young man as well as one that is a football player. So he, he can, in my mind, he can do it all. He can, he, can, he can throw the ball. He can run the ball. He can change the plays at the line of scrimmage. Um, he can motivate and inspire his teammates. Uh, they trust him. They believe him. He's got leadership skills that, that reveal themselves uh, out on the football field. And, and I'm just happy to see, uh, particularly Kansas City Chiefs organization, and Andy Reid. Andy Reid himself, you know, thinking about hop again Andy Reid is somebody who had some adversity in his life lost his son <clears throat> at training camp yep <clears throat> at his training camp they found his son who had OD'd and so <coughs> excuse me there so it's just um, I'm just happy that uh, Andy's having some success and uh, I don't think it's premature to think that you know certainly after this first quarter that this is a team that perhaps maybe could take a real strong run in the AFC because Right now, we're not talking about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick dominating and, and, and being the perhaps maybe the team that represents the AFC in the Super Bowl. We're not, we're not talking about Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC as the AFC representative. You know, for right now, it's early, but in this first quarter, when you look at the teams and, and truly evaluate them, now some people may say, okay, it's the second half when things happen, and that's right. You always, you know, that second half is when you make your run, but it's okay to come out of the blocks. Like, if you come out of the blocks early and you get some signature wins under your belt, then you're okay. And I call this this, this win that they just had a signature win uh, because of the, 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 you know, how they played the game and how, you know, and how they had to go right down to the wire. And, uh, the team held together and, and they came out on top. So, but what do you think? You know, like you said, normally this time of year in the AFC, we're talking about some other teams. Although the Patriots have started off slow in the past before, they've done that. But normally we're talking about the Patriots and dominating the AFC this time of year. Uh, what, what do you think about this? Well, are we talking about some other teams now instead of the Patriots or, or the Steelers? We are, but it's early. Um, I mean, until I see otherwise. I don't know how many times we. I mean, think about it. A couple years back, Bill Belichick. We're on the Cincinnati. We're on the Cincinnati. That press conference he had. That was a Monday night game after a loss to Kansas City. So, and we've seen this before. We've seen. I, I, as much as I hate to say it, I'm not gonna count New England out. I mean, we saw. You know, he started out one and two. Matt Patricia, uh, the, the the pupil bested the, the teacher uh, when he now the head coach of the Detroit Lions they beat the Patriots on Sunday Night Football and, and what do we see we came back Miami comes in the, the to uh, Foxborough 3-0 and two games ahead of the Patriots in the AFC East and they leave with a 35-7 to L so and to now the, the Colts coming up on Thursday night in Gillette Stadium again Foxborough Tom Brady I, I I'm not ready to count them out yet. You're right. It's great to talk about teams now in September and and now October. But, I mean, we sat there together, uh, what was that, in February in, in Minnesota and watched that team in the Super Bowl. And, uh, they did lose. But until I see somebody knock them off, uh, I'm not ready to I'm not ready to commit to, 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 to casting them aside. Well, I, I will say this uh, because I've been – uh, a witness to one of the greatest comebacks in the history of probably any sport and, and watching what Bill Belichick and Tom Brady did in that Super Bowl against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, so uh, if I'm playing with house money, only would I ever bet against the uh, New England Patriots. But right now, I'm not counting them out. It's just amazing to me that at this time of the year right now, I, I think it's just good for football that – that the Dolphins are winning some games. I think it's good for football. Uh, that the, can you believe this one? Yeah. Well, I guess it's been a couple of years, and, and if anybody's been on the hot seat for a long time, uh, of course, it's the folks down there, the entire organization down there in Cincinnati. But Cincinnati's three and one. 
the Ravens are, are three and one. You know, so uh, you know the, the Chiefs are what, four and zero. Oh, you know, and it's been a, it's been a long time since the Chiefs have been uh, four and zero. Oh, so we certainly want to give them their credit and their due that they deserve. Uh, but it's just a little surprising at this time of year. Again, I do not. The teams that we're talking about right now that are that are that are performing well, I'm not sure that they are the ones that were on the tip of our tongues about a month or two ago. May have been, may not have been. Uh, I'm just not sure. But uh, certainly, there's a couple other things that was going on too that was pretty interesting. A uh, young fella wanted to uh, wanted to send a just uh, you know some sign language out. And, mm. And I, I think you saw the sign language, didn't you, Will? I think I did. Sign did. language, and um, want to make sure we talk about that a little bit. And uh, so I'm gonna let you talk about it. Go ahead. Let's, let's talk about Earl and, and his sign language he had for the for his team, the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, you know what? Uh, we saw this coming. I mean, he set out the, the biggest winner. Of this is a, is a Le'Veon Bell, because now people understand why players sit out. Players are now beginning to take their careers and into and their own hands. I mean, because it's always been, you know, this guy, you know, these players have contracts. They got to make, they make all this money. They should be out there playing. It's not always that cut and dry. Earl Thomas was on the last year of his deal, wanted an extension. Seattle had no intentions of giving an, giving an extension to him. So he has to be traded to a team that would give him an extension. And before they could trade him, he breaks his leg and now he's out for the season. So he uh, made his 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 feelings known to the sideline as he was carted off on uh, on Sunday. May not have been the best venue to express that, but he did. We saw it. But the premise doesn't change. It, it, it now Le'Veon Bell came out and said, "Hey, go ahead, get well. I'll be the bad guy for all of us." And, uh, you know, switching a little bit to Le'Veon, he's coming back. It was announced uh, week seven for the bye. And and, and it's, it's, players are their own entity. They're in their own corporations. You know this, right? About being in the locker room, you're, you're a team, you're a family, you're a cohesive unit. But at the same time, you're, you're an individual corporation. And you have to do what you need to do to take care and protect that individual corporation. And these players now are realizing the, the power that they have, that they're able to do that. Yeah, and I uh, <clears throat> certainly uh, respect your opinion, Willie, and you, and you were dead on it with uh, with the comments that you just made. You know, and, and I can always, you know, uh, one reason why I'm in this business is is because of my experience, and I, and I can take from my own experience. I'll never forget that when I was in Cleveland, it was my uh, the last year of my contract. Uh, it was my second year, but I only signed a two-year contract, but that was my second year, and I had uh, – at least it verbally acknowledged the fact that I, I wanted to renegotiate my contract or I, let's say I wanted to go ahead and have my contract extended, you know, but I, but I wanted to renegotiate it going into that, uh, into that second year because, again, I, I felt as if my contract, uh, the value of it, it you know, I, 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 they was giving me as a steal. Marty said it himself, you know, uh, pulled me in, talked to me about Pro Bowl and stuff like that. And so when these things happen, you're talking to your coaches about them, they got a certain, you know, impression and feel and respect for you uh then show me the money <laughs> you know and so uh i i remember going into training camp my second year there which ended up being my last year and being concerned about again i'm coming in didn't renegotiate my contract so i had what's called a lures of london insurance policy uh which in the event that you get a career in an injury you know you're compensated <clears throat> well what i wanted to do is i was paying for this I felt if you're not going to renegotiate my contract, you should at least pay for it for my Lowe's of London. They didn't want to do it. So, you know, I had to end up paying for it myself. But these are all things that happen with players. What Le'Veon basically has said to people is that, you know, you guys don't realize by, you know, and I saw, um, oh, gosh, what's the safety for the Steelers that's on, on the big boy shows in the morning all the time? Ryan, Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark. Okay, uh, I'm, we're going to take a break and then I'm going to come back because Ryan made some excellent points and I want to share this. My, from my perspective about what Ryan had to say uh, about uh, Earl Thomas. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. This is Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the draft, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps, on and off the field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. What matters to me, my dear friend Wes Hopkins has gone way too soon, 57 years old. For some people that might be old, but <clears throat> for me that's way too soon. I uh, love you, brother. Appreciate everything you've done. You're a good person, a good man, great ball player, and uh, I'm sure your family is going to miss you, and uh, and we're going to miss you. I know that that uh, Eagle Nation, you know, they are certainly going to miss you, Hop. You know, gave him some special moments. So anyway, uh, before we went to break. Uh, I started talking a little bit about um, Earl Thomas, and Earl Thomas says some of you may have known, you know, he had some um, sign language that he wanted to give to his team as he exited from the field <clears throat> uh, when he got hurt, and uh, I think it was on the Big Boy Show, uh, former Steelers safety Ryan Clark is the young man's name I was trying to think of. <coughs> Ryan certainly um, had some very complimentary things to say about Earl, or he was very supportive of Earl and, and the position that Earl had taken. Uh, and and his colleague, uh, the quarterback, you know, one of the, the, the brothers that's on the shows in the morning, uh, but but the quarterback, uh, former quarterback, uh, didn't agree with Ryan. And he thought that Earl had been, you know, certainly compensated in such a way that maybe he was one of the top five paid safeties in the game or something like that. But the fact of the matter is that the, his market value had changed and he should have been compensated in such a way. He was, uh, I think he's 30 years old, but still the fact of the matter is, is that you have to get what you can get when you can get it. You can football. It only takes one play in this sport and your entire, you know, career is over. It's, it's done. One play. And even though I think they said it may be a fractured leg or something like that, mm-hmm. um, no ligament damage or what, but still it's it's a broken body part, and it's just like I tell people about me and this 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 CTE thing. They can say what they want to say, but once you start playing football, you are hurt from day one. If I step on your toe, it hurts. Now, are you injured to the point where you cannot compete? No, but you're hurt. This young man, he has an injury. He can't perform no more. He can't play anymore. Injuries take a toll. As a result of an injury, you never recoup to your 100%. So he's going to come back at a percentage. It may be 99.9%, but he's not going to come back at 100%. Of his ability because his body has been broken and so what he was trying to do is when his body was at 
100% is to negotiate and be compensated based upon that because he could give you 100% on the field. And he knew that each time that he stepped on that field that they didn't do that, that it was going to decrease his value. And so what happens now is when he comes back, if he comes back and they say he's healthy, they're still going to know and it's going to be in the back of their minds that he has an injury. He had an injury. He's recovering from an injury. And so now it's a different negotiation. And, and, and this is why the young man wanted to sit out and didn't want to come back. And, and Ryan Clark certainly understood that. You know, I, I, I made a couple comments about what happened to me. Same thing happened. I wanted to renegotiate my contract. They wouldn't. First game, I go to New Orleans. Felix Wright closes his eyes, hits me, takes me out. I'm done. The next year, at the end of the year, okay, well, throughout the rest of the year, I played the games, but I was a fraction of what I was. So what happens next year? Uh, thank you, Ray. We appreciate everything you gave us, but mm, mm, we think we'll, you know, let you go wherever you want to go. And these are the kind of things that happen. So that's why Le'Veon Bell, why he was holding out. He, Le'Veon is holding out because he does not want to negotiate with them at a fraction of what his hole is. He wants to negotiate them as 100%. I can give you 100% because I am 100%. If you bring me back and I get bumped up, you're going to negotiate with me that I'm a fraction of what I could have been. And so I thank Ryan Clark for standing up on ESPN show the other day and supporting Earl Gray, I mean Earl Thomas's position. Now, the fact that again, the sign language, you know, the emotions, you know, took over, and that's what he felt at that time. You know, you f you, you f'd me. See, you got me f'd up the way I told you. This kind of thing could happen. Now, maybe the league is saying, okay, well, yeah, we thought that would happen too. That's why we didn't want to give you no money. Ah, uh, well, that's the risk. That's the business that you're in, and, and we're trying to make it. To, to the point where we can negotiate and we have some leverage, but you've got all the leverage. So we find ourselves in that kind of position. So, uh, again, you, you talked a little bit about it, Willie. Um, sure, the way he left the stadium wasn't the right way to leave the stadium, but do you certainly understand the fact that, man, he's got to get his money when he can? Absolutely. I, don't, I definitely get it, and I, I support that without question. Um, yeah, not a, not a problem with him. Wanting to be compensated, wanting to get a new contract, not a problem whatsoever. Okay. Well, hey, man, I appreciate it. Um, it's, that time has come and gone really fast. Just want to say God bless my man in heaven, Wes. Again, I, I hope it's not too soon, but I will see you again. God bless you. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.